On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll recap a day marked by a rash of injuries. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. This is Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, May 18th. I'm Al Melkier, and with me here, very happy to say, Michael Beller. Michael, uh, good, to, good to have you back. Yeah, man, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm a little sleep-deprived after having uh, a baby four weeks ago, or my wife, Jen, had the baby, but I've been uh, there for the ride, which has been just awesome, and uh, feeling good, though. Feeling good, feeling happy, feeling uh, excited, and uh, ready to talk some baseball after having the last month off. All right. Well, uh, congrats to you and Jen. This is uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic news. Fantastic to have you back. And yeah, coming back on a busy, busy day for injuries. And in 2021, that's really saying something. So we'll lead off here with um, the big news of the big news. Uh, Mike Trout leaving uh, the game on Monday night against Cleveland with a right calf strain. Uh, This was fairly late breaking on Monday night. So uh, no other details at this point. Danny Duffy going on the injured list, uh, interrupting what's been a terrific season for him. He has a left forearm flexor strain. Uh, Chris Bubich is taking his place in the Royals rotation on Tuesday against the Brewers. Not necessarily going to stay in his spot, but also with Daniel Lynch sent down, that gives Bubich an extra chance uh, to to keep in the rotation, especially if he pitches well on Tuesday. Um, so, Michael, what what are your thoughts maybe on Bubich, uh, Jackson Coar, who we've, we've talked about recently on this show, maybe taking one of those two spots that have now opened up or perhaps any other candidates uh, that we should be keeping an eye on. Yeah, I think they're all guys that I'll keep an eye on. To me, they're more wait and see in terms of actually going out and grabbing them. And there's always the caveat there that if you do wait and see someone maybe beats you to the punch, maybe someone is more willing to be aggressive on them. But I don't think any of these guys uh, really command your attention, demand being picked up right now. I'm comfortable missing out on them if that ultimately happens. I would much rather wait and see what they've got. Wait and see really what the Royals have in store. As you said, we're not really sure exactly how they're going to end up filling those rotation spots got a pretty good idea but you know things could change there so I'm sitting back on these guys waiting and really hoping this Danny Duffy news isn't as bad as forearm strain typically ends up being because it has been a really nice bounce back season for him yeah so uh, yeah certainly hoping for the best uh, news possible for him and yeah just to underscore you know something that I said and then you you reinforced which is that you know we don't know how this is going to play out even with Bubich getting the start on Tuesday uh, you do have Jake Junis there you know still in that mix as well uh, going back and forth between the the rotation and the bullpen I did put in a bid on Cower in an AL only league I think that's you know something you could certainly do right now but beyond that as you said wait and see uh, so lots of other other uh, injuries to get to, unfortunately. Logan Webb tossed six scoreless innings uh, in Cincinnati on Monday, but had to leave that start as well as it was going with the sore right shoulder, so we'll keep tabs on him. Uh, Max Freed left his start against the Mets with cramping in his left hand, and uh, a really, really big blow to the Braves' rotation. In addition to that, Waskar Inoa is going to miss at least a couple of months. He broke his right hand after punching the dugout wall. Uh, after being removed from his last Punch start. Punch stuff with your non-throwing hands, pitchers. Never forget yes. it. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, uh, advice that comes too late for uh, Waskar and Noah. Uh, so Tucker Davidson's been called up. He will start on Tuesday. Uh, this is not necessarily a one-for-one replacement for Anoa, by the way. Um, it, this is just to give all the remaining starters uh, an extra day of rest. But Davidson certainly in that mix uh, to replace Noah. So we'll have to see how that goes. Maybe a little bit of an audition on Tuesday against the Mets. Uh, any thoughts there on Davidson where he should be picked up, if anywhere, at this point? Yeah, maybe Enel only as a streamer. Maybe you could talk me into 15-team mixed as a streamer for the time being. Uh, you know, the Mets are dealing with a ton of injuries right now also, and you know, not the offense that we expected them to be coming into the season, at least performance-wise. So I could see him being a streamer, but right now I'm not putting my name next to his for anything more than that. All right, all right. Uh, and yeah, speaking of streamers, he's one of many Really intriguing streamers uh, on the Tuesday slate. We will get to that shortly. Giancarlo Stanton to the injured list with a left quad strain. Uh, the good news potentially here, uh, well, a couple of uh, aspects to it. Retroactive to May 14th, so could be uh, be back as soon as the 25th. And, in fact, that is what the Yankees are anticipating. So, uh, hopefully, that comes to fruition. Uh, some Mets news. Of course, the injuries have just been piling up for them. And, uh, unfortunately, even more. Taiwan Walker left his start against the Braves with uh, a side injury that actually has been bothering him for a few starts, uh, according to Walker. He is scheduled to have an MRI on Tuesday. As we might have expected, Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil both going on the injured list with their respective hamstring strains. Uh, we talked about that over the weekend, uh, Derek Van Riper and myself. Kevin Pillar, uh, just a very, very scary situation yeah. for him on Monday, taking a hit-by-pitch to the face. Um, he tweeted out uh, later on uh, in the evening that uh, he was okay, so... Uh, Hopefully that's all there is to it. Uh, certainly, you know, good to get that uh, sign of encouragement from Pilar himself. Uh, he did receive a CT scan, have not seen anything in regards to those results as of yet. And in other Mets news, Noah Syndergaard is scheduled to begin a rehab assignment with high class A St. Lucie on Wednesday. So some good news for the yeah. Mets. I'd like to see that. Mass and Bumgarner left his start. I'm telling you, so many injuries crazy, here on man. Monday. <laughs> Unbelievable. not a good day yesterday at all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so Bumgarner leaving with a left adductor spasm. Uh, this is termed, has been termed as precautionary, so hopefully that holds to be true. Steven Strasburg scheduled to throw a bullpen session on Tuesday, but Dave Martinez would not commit to Strasburg getting the start this Friday against the Orioles. Obviously, it remains to be seen how he responds to that bullpen mm -hmm. session. We could still see Strasburg this weekend. Kenta Maeda, his next start is TBD. He's dealing with some groin tightness. He'll have a throwing session on Tuesday. Jose Abreu to sit out the White Sox series against the Twins due to left ankle inflammation. And uh, so now some some good news on the yeah, uh, health side of things. Let's do it. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's balance out. Let's balance out that six minutes of bad news with thirty seconds oh, of good news. We need it. We need it. <laughs> Anthony Santander, uh, who's been out for about a month with an ankle sprain, he is expected to be activated by the Orioles this Friday. CJ Crone is expected to be back on Tuesday. And David Price was activated. Um, no word on when and if he returns to the Dodgers rotation, but he is back from that hamstring strain. So good news mm -hmm. uh, for all three of those players. And Albert Pujols made his Dodgers debut. I mean, that improbable news over the weekend <laughs> that the Dodgers signed him. But then he you know, went right, right into the lineup and, and hit cleanup. 
Uh, so just one surprising turn after another in that story. Yeah, and they, the team that absolutely did not need Albert Pujols goes, goes out and grabs him. Um, you know, frankly, with the injuries they have, I was hoping that you were going to see a little bit more Matt Beattie as a consistent player in that Dodgers lineup, and I would really like to see him in there rather than Albert Pujols, and uh, you know, we'll see where that ends up falling so long as Corey Seager's out. But uh, hey, this Dodgers team can do basically whatever it wants. Feel like they're going to be A-OK come October. Yeah, uh, I think we can all agree <laughs> with that, uh, to be sure. So with uh, so many injuries to talk about, uh, there's on, on the flip side here, really not a lot of great news to talk about in terms of uh, outstanding performances uh, on the Monday slate, at least ones that, that are worth talking about here, things that could potentially be uh, value changers or game changers. But uh, I think it is worth noting that, um, you know, much like, uh, you know, Joe DiMaggio's uh, record and Cal Ripken's, um, you know, they're just longstanding <laughs> records that uh, never going to be broken. Stand- Stand, yeah, right, exactly. Stand the test of time. And then there's Corbin Burns' record for consecutive strikeouts without a walk, which I don't think lasted a week. Uh, I think it just lasted a few days. Uh, Garrett Cole smashing that record uh, on Monday against the Rangers, also ending that record uh, by walking a couple batters, but 61 straight strikeouts without a walk in between them. Congratulations, Garrett Cole. Uh, I guess that there, there's a couple, maybe just a couple performances just to note real quickly. Casey Mize with a really nice start against the Mariners in Seattle. DVR and I noted that that would be a nice streaming option. Um, and, and apparently it, it was, mm-hmm. but I just want to underscore here that Mize is scheduled to have his, uh, his start shortened very soon. So, you know, a bit of a mixed bag there. He's been performing pretty well lately, but those starts could be shorter. Uh, at least he was a, you know very efficient in this one going almost eight full innings. And something to look at, too, with um, the Mets and, you know, all their injuries. Sean Reed Foley came in uh, in relief of Taiwan Walker in that game against the Braves and tossed three perfect innings with five strikeouts. So maybe a change of scenery uh, will be good for Reed yep. Foley, and maybe there's there's at least a short-term opportunity for him there uh, in Queens. So, uh, Michael, let's take a look at the streamers. There's a lot of really interesting ones on the Tuesday slate. So we've already talked about two of them, Tucker Davidson versus the Mets, uh, Mets starter yet to be determined and, uh, Chris Bubich against the Brewers. Unfortunately, we'll have a tough time getting the win going up against Brandon Woodruff, but, uh, Davidson Bubich, uh, any interest in streaming them for this this one start for each of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see both of them being uh, nice streamers. Uh, these are not offenses you're necessarily going to be too intimidated by, as we said, with all those injuries to that Mets lineup. There's still some bats in there, Pete Alonso, uh, uh, Dom Smith, so it's not a lineup you can just walk right over, but that team is going to be playing without, what, like six opening day starters uh, when they take Tucker Davidson on, so I like that. I like him a little bit better than Bubich if I was going one for one there. All right, yeah, certainly the the chances for a win if you're in a league that rewards that sort of category. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a little more appeal there as well. Zach Davies, he gets the Nationals. Uh, Patrick Corbin, very good in his last start, not so good otherwise. Um, but we got Zach Davies, John Gant versus the Pirates and JT uh, Brubaker. Um, certainly like the matchup there. Austin Gomber, I want to talk a little bit about Austin Gomber because right. I think the context that we've talked about Gomber on the show has been a negative one with DVR streaming him for two starts one week and it, it went poorly. <laughs> he gets the Padres. That seems like not the best matchup, Blake Snell going for them. But this is an interesting matchup piece of data here, Michael. Okay. Um, Gomber has a 20 right on the nose, 20% called strike rate, which is outstanding. The norm is right around 17%. Uh, 
So, want to take a guess at which team in the major leagues swings has been swinging the least mm. often at pitches in the strike zone? Mm. I'm going to go out on a, a really thin <laughs> limb here and say it's the San Diego Padres. <laughs> Amazing. That is correct. <laughs> so, it's in a way a perfect uh, perfect matchup for Austin Gomber. <laughs> and then uh, Luis Patino, he gets the Orioles. Went four innings the last time out, so very slowly ratcheting up his workload in each start. Maybe worth a little more consideration mm-hmm. this time. And another good Mariners-Tigers matchup for pitchers here, given those respective offenses. Spencer Turnbull, Justin Dunn, and another uh, matchup that seems to be tailor-made here for Justin Dunn. His three best starts so far this year have been twice against the Orioles, once against the Red Sox. Those teams rank respectively second to last and last in swing percentage uh, outside the zone. And when I say ranking at the bottom, I mean actually the highest yeah. ones, the worst ones, Doing it the, the least most. selective teams. Yes. The third team in that the bottom of that ranking ordering is your Detroit Tigers. There you go. So we could follow that up for sure. And what you like about that too, Baltimore, bad offense, Boston, good offense. So it's not just like he was picking on bad offenses there. Luis Patino stands out to me just because of the fact that we know about that stuff. The matchup against Baltimore is good as it was for Justin Dunn. Four innings pitched the last time out. So maybe they're starting to stretch him out a little bit. Obviously, he's the one who has the most risk of not getting to five innings or just, you know, not getting enough innings, period, regardless of looking for a win. Just the volume could be worse for him than any of these guys. But stuff plus matchup plus uh, the circumstantial evidence that we have uh, from his recent outing leads me to believe that he could be a really nice play here against the Orioles. All right. Uh, Anybody else that stands out for you? Uh, You know, not really. I I like the Gomber pull, uh, but that Padres offense is always going to be a a scary one to go up against. I could get on board with either Turnbull or Dunn. I would actually go for one of them behind Patino um, because of the matchups that they have there. Zach Davies uh, has been a little bit better recently, but has really struggled in his first year with the Cubs. And uh, it's going to be a warm day in Chicago, wind likely blowing out. So all those left-handed bats in that Washington lineup, uh, specifically thinking of Juan Soto, Kyle Schwarber, and then the switch hitter Josh Bell. That could be pretty uh, pretty tough for uh, for Zach Davies. And, and then John Gant, uh, you see the ERA below two, and that pops, but then he's got an ERA or a whip, excuse me, that's sitting at like 1.6. And even with that Pittsburgh matchup, I don't really want to trust him. Yeah, you know, that is strictly a matchup play for sure. So, uh, well, speaking of matchups, uh, Michael, it's time for our weekly gambling spotlight. And I understand that there is a particular game on the MLB slate that slate that is interesting in this regard. Yeah, you know, I uh, I considered the White Sox. They're sitting minus 110. I considered uh, the Pirates actually in that matchup with uh, John Gant getting uh, plus money, plus 115 for them to win. But I'm going to go to a different team, another team that is uh, also underdogs. Plus 120 are the Cleveland Indians. Against the Angels today, you've got Zach Plesek uh, taking the mound for the Indians. And you know, he got knocked around twice by the White Sox. A lot of teams are getting knocked around by the White Sox. And, and since then, he's been great in his last five starts. And that includes a five and two-third inning zero-run performance against the White Sox in his third matchup against them this season. has gone at least eight in both of his last two starts. An Angels team that almost certainly is going to be without Mike Trout at least tonight. Uh, so I think all these uh, things line up to uh, really be a good matchup for Zach Plesak. And again, you're getting plus 120. So you're getting a little bit of an underdog here uh, with the Indians probably having the better pitcher in the matchup. No Mike Trout for the Angels. I like it a lot. So I'll take the Indians here for uh, today's gambling spotlight. 
All right. Well, some good advice to wind things up uh, here as this is going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we would just ask that if you do have time to rate and review this podcast, wherever you do get your podcasts, we will greatly appreciate that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melchior. We'll be right back here on Wednesday. <laughs>